Driven Women's Guide to Love, Life, and Business. Hosted by the boss ladies, Alex, Denise, and Gabby. Combined, their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity. Their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Welcome to Girls Gone Boss. I'm Gabby. Denise. And I'm Alex. I'm so excited to be here today because we have an amazing guest who I personally know uh, for a very long time and I really love her and she's such a girl's girl. And she is a local Miami native who has graced the airwaves for over 12 years. She has kept Florida on the pulse for all things new in music, entertainment, and community in multiple markets with her popular radio shows. She's also become one of the youngest females program director on the iHeartRadio roster to Miami's popular urban station, 103.5 The Beat, where she proudly held multiple roles as the station's music and marketing director, as well as its primetime midday host. She currently serves as the voice of over 40 radio and television stations nationally, as well as the voice in the intro in this very podcast that you are listening to, and many other notable brands. Through her company, VJ Media, she leverages her expertise in lifestyle media, content creation, brand strategy, creative partnerships, event production, and more. Wow, Vanessa. Super busy. (laughs) She is an amazing human being, and we are so happy to have her join us today. Welcome, Vanessa James. guys, for having me. I'm so excited, honestly, to have you here. And not only because you did our voiceover, I mean, I I literally went to Vanessa and was like, Vanessa, I'm starting this podcast. I really need like a voiceover. How much do you charge? She's like, girl, send it over the script <laughs> and don't worry about the charge. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> Vanessa. No, honestly, you've always been that girl. Thank From you. From the time that I had the boutique, yes. I'm a yes. Like I remember popping up in your events and you're allowing me to sell my merchandise. So I really thank you. And, and I want you to know that you're appreciated and you're such a great person to know and that's why you have all the success that you have today. Thank you very much, first of all. Thank you guys for having me. So excited to be here. And congratulations on your podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. You're a part of us now since I you're know, it's official. Intro. It is yes. official. She's a girl. Yeah. <laughs> we're all holding hands, by the way. And like, kumbaya. <laughs> yes. And we're having a little bit of wine. So, you know, it's already evening time here in Miami Beach. And so just tell us about how you first started. Okay. So the, the, the short, short of it, um, I went to Florida State University and I wanted to be a sportscaster. I wanted to be a sideline reporter like Robin Roberts for Monday Night Football. And I was doing a lot of interning in the sports department and they were like, V, you know, we love you, but you're kind of short for sideline reporting. And I really Why was. do you have to be tall for that? Because when you're interviewing players, like your oh. head gets cut off. And so, you know, Got so it. they were like, so and I, okay, so at the time, I remember my mentor saying it, and I, I, I took it to heart, but I, I look back, and it was like the best decision. At the end of the day, I love sports. I still, uh, you know, embrace it. But he was like, why don't you try radio? So I was doing like this freelance job at this construction company. I heard that this radio station was hiring for a receptionist. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to apply for that at lunch. And they called me back like, hey. And I was like, I'm at work, but, are, you know, are you hiring for this job? And they were like, yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm going to act like I have a doctor's appointment and I went to the interview and they called me and hired me that day for like receptionists right 
So then I like had to walk into Holly Incorporated, my old job, and be like, oh, hi, I'm not going to be working here anymore because I had to take that job. So I did, and I started, and I just fell in love with radio in the process, like learning it from the ground up, how it works, how a radio station works, interacting with program directors and sales managers and how all of the, uh, everything works together. And you have these big program directors and personalities and how that's what they do. And, you know, it's important for them to thrive, but then all the other people that keep things afloat and make them thrive, the GM, the promotions director, marketing, all that. And I realized I really kind of fell in love with it in, all, in that entire process. And that's kind of how I fell into radio. But then once, I, nobody wants to be a receptionist forever. Right. So I was like, oh, okay, well, there's, now there's this other job opening, which was promotions assistant. And I, I remember going up to John Hunt, the, the GM at the Christmas party, and I was so nervous. I was like 22 or 21 oh my gosh, I'm going to ask him, you know, for this job. And it was like $22,000 with insurance. And at that time it was a lot of money. You're like, whoa, like I'm rolling. Yes, I'm balling. And so he was like, well, Vanessa, you know, I'll think about it. But then he hired me. Girl, and I worked my way up from from that job and that that opportunity. I said, I will not let you down. Worked my way up to, to promotions director. Fell in love with marketing. So my radio experience. How fast did you get to that? A year. Wow. But how did you get there? Because I feel like, did you ask? Like you were like, I'm up for the challenge. I'm up for the challenge. And I really want you to trust me with this opportunity. And I'm going to, I'm going to rock this. And I don't know where I got the gumption to do that back in the day, but I look back and I'm like, I'm so glad that I didn't talk myself out of that opportunity, you know? So fast forward, um, Matt Britton, who used to be the marketing director down here of the Marlins. And I used to get so mad at him. He was my boss. I'm going to afford him this podcast so he can listen. Because <laughs> hey. he used to go to the baseball games in the middle of the day, right? He'd be like, V, I'm going to take a long lunch and watch the baseball games and, and leave me with all the work. Those are long. Right. The Florida State baseball games are very long. So, but that's how I learned because I had to do a lot of stuff while he was at work. You know what I mean? At work. While, while he was on the clock at the baseball game, <laughs> you know, with clients. So I tell him to this day, thank you so much for skipping out on work all the time because it really helped and groomed me into like, okay, now I want to be promotions director. And then he left and, and came down to the Marlins and I got promotions director. Then... Uh, Steve King at the time, who was the operations manager for the entire building, was like, hey, um, can you come here and voice this quick thing? Just read this script. So I did. And he was like, man, you have a great voice, Vanessa. So he would put me on like a lot of small commercials and stuff. And then he was like, I'm going to put you on overnights. And everybody in radio starts on overnights. Like that's where you really make all your mistakes at three o'clock in the morning. And nobody cares if you said, you know. So, or you cussed or you said the wrong thing. No FCC violations typically between 2 and 6 a.m. <laughs> so then <clears throat> he was like, you know what? I think you're ready for afternoons. That's a big coveted spot. And I was terrified. So, so then something happened and um, it, it didn't work out and I got nights instead. And I got to hang out with Thrill the Play of the three, uh, I'm sorry, of the 69 boys. And like T.I. would stop by and a little scrappy. And I just was like, yeah. At that time, they were all on the come up too, right? Just getting started in the early 2000s or whatever. Oh my God, that was the best the time. The best in time, right? <laughs> and, um, and Lil Bootsy. Yes, this is Tallahassee stuff. Anyway, but um, I got to like watch them grow and I realized, okay, I love being on the air and interacting with the talent and interacting um, as a talent, but I also love the, the process of kind of molding stuff. So then Doc Winter, who's my mentor, he's vice president of, of Urban Radio for iHeartMedia right now. He's been at this for like 20 years. I had another moment and I'm like, I'm totally going to ask him for this gig for PD because Steve King now leaves. 
I'm like, wait, but before you did that, did you ever think like, oh, I don't know if I'm like good enough all for the this. time. Every single time I second guess myself. And then I used to always sweat. So I would have like, I, I would sweat. So now I start wearing jackets because I'm like, I'm totally going to sweat. Like when I'm having this conversation, they don't need to see all of that. So what do you think was the key like to go and actually do it? Like you were just like, uh, F it, I'm going to do it or? F it, I'm going to do it. And I know no one thinks I can do it. And I'm just going to do it anyway. And who cares if I mess up? But I'm terrified, right? So I remember Doc and I meeting at TGI Fridays. And we sit down in those big booths at TGI Fridays, and he's like, why do you want this program director job, Vanessa? And I'm like, no. And he goes, tell me, like, one key thing you would do in, in the city of Tallahassee to really make your mark. And I said, you know, I love Tupac. And this is right after all the stuff went down at Tupac and Biggie. Tupac recently passed. But Tupac records would test so high for us, like 120, which is a very high score, right? 120, like... That the audience loves that record. Typically, songs that do really well test between like 88 and 90. So, this is the measurement on radio that you get when you play a record. Right. Right. Okay. If the audience likes it. So, Tupac would be testing 128, 125, like really high. So, Tupac could not go wrong in in the market. So, I was like, I want to do mandatory Tupac every day, 420, mandatory Tupac, since we we never played Bob Marley, right? So he was like, I love that. And he was like, besides loving that, I just love that you are, you know, just came to me with this idea. So long story short, you know, he was like, okay, I'm going to hire you. So he hired me for my first program director job at 24. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, again, that's a big deal for a female. Such a big deal. Yes, multicultural woman in urban radio. There was five of us at the time, and they're all onto major things. And or some of them, like Thea Mitchum, is now the you know VP of urban for um, excuse me for iHeart New York. She manages Power and all those stations in that cluster. So, but it just was kind of going for it, scared as hell, and just doing it anyway. And then I was like, Doc, I really want Miami. I want to move back home. And he was like, you're not ready. You're not ready. And I was really like bent out of shape about it. Like, mom, I used to call her for everything. I'm ready. And he's telling me I'm not ready. I'm 24. Miami is a big market. It's market number 12. You know, I won't say it could make or break your career because radio, I feel like you could always bounce back because it's so, um, it's, it's so relationship driven. But you, you definitely want to step into those major roles being well-groomed for them. And I didn't understand. So he said no. And then my station flipped in Tallahassee. That's interesting you said on, that. Yeah. He, he said no. My station flipped. Um, and then <clears throat> I moved down to Miami anyway. I had, what, what do you mean by your station flipped? It flipped. Okay, so I went on vacation. I came back. They were like, so Vanessa, this isn't working anymore. Not me, but the station. So they changed it to another format. Does that typically happen a lot? It happens a lot. And it happened to me twice. And I, that's, that's really where I kind of grew my stripes and, and tough skin from. But um, it happens a lot. It happens all the time. They'll try something new. Let's try rebrand. sports. Total rebrand. But there's a staff that of uh, 10, to, 10 to 15 people that go, uh, they get laid off with that rebrand. Right. Oh, wow. C100 yeah. did it here. Yeah. Y100. Y100. Yeah, did it here. So long story short, it, it, it happened. And I'm like, okay, this is a perfect opportunity for me to move back home. I'm going to rent my house in Tallahassee that I had just bought. And I'm you move. bought a house at 24 too? Um, no, I bought I I bought a house at 20 like 23. But I mean, my mom Sorry. was a realtor. <laughs> no, but I mean, my mom was a realtor, so she worked me through it. And at that time, it was super easy to get a loan. Like they were just handing them out like candy. Hence the recession. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. You want a house? No problem. Five hundred dollars down? No problem. You get so a house. You I get a house. I still have that house to this day. But um, I was like, you know, I'm gonna move down. And then I moved down, and I'm like, I'm just gonna figure it out. I'm gonna transition to this media world. 
And I worked at the Sun Sentinel. And that was probably one of the most game-changing opportunities for me because I was so like, this is not the life that I want to live. But Tim Sumption, my boss at the time, forced me into stuff that I still use to this day. Like He was like, you need to learn how to copyright. Here's this article. How would you copyright this and sum this entire article up into one headline? Stuff like that. But I'm like, why? I have no desire to do this. I'm like in the marketing department. He's like, you need to know. So he would teach me how to do it. And I kept thinking, first of all, I was in downtown um, um, Las Olas in Broward County. I'm like, oh my God, it's too far. Every morning, these people are up at the crock of dawn, like rocking, writing newspaper articles at 8.30 in the morning. This is not my life. I'm a night owl. I'm used to, you know, moving and shaking late. And, but that really like I still use some of those tools, copywriting, um, walking into the editor's room with like amazing journalists and, and going, can I get your coffee? You know what I mean? Or like, like intern stuff. But then they'd be like, yeah, no, get somebody else to get my coffee. Come here, help me with this, you know, that type of thing. And then he threw me in front of camera. He's like, can you read the, you know, the quick highlights from today? I feel like you'd be really good on TV. Tomorrow, wear a suit, um, you know, a, a jacket, a blazer, put your hair in a bun, light lipstick and some bronzer. He, you know, he was gay and super fashionable as well as, as the editor. <laughs> and he was like, I'm put you on TV. So and I, there again, you took yeah. that on and was like, okay. Terrified, sweating again, <laughs> terrified. But I used to have a stuttering problem also when I was little, just because I'm from Trinidad I came here at five. I lived in the USVR, then I came here at five. And we spoke, we speak English in Trinidad with an accent. And I don't know, I used to be really, really nervous about assimilating. And, and so I used to kind of stutter to try to speak their version of English. I don't know. So radio helped me break out of that. But now here's TV, which I'm not planning to do. And he's like, okay, and prompter TV, which I'm like, so it'd be like six takes in. And they're like, Vanessa, breathe, take your time fall into the copy, read it. And so those things I still use to this day that I just was randomly doing just as a job to get down to Miami, you know, to have a, it was a good gig. It was 50K. I'm like, nice, let's do this, mom. I'm moving back, you know what I mean? And then Doc Winter calls again. This is the summer. I mean, this is the fall and now of 2006. And he's like, hey, V, so you're in the market. So if something opens up, okay, you're already here. So then my girlfriend, Mara Melendez, who's the program director, music director at the time is like, I'm going to call you in 10 minutes from my car. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So she calls me and she's like, B, this is Mara. I'm from Hoboken. I just moved down here. But, you know, like, I really need some help. And I know you know this market and shit. So, like, you know, you want to come work with me? So I'm like, okay, let's do this. So she calls me. We go have lunch. And she goes, and I have to tell you a nugget right now. So we go have lunch or whatever. And she's like, listen, I'm totally going to hire you. I'm like, okay, cool. So she's like, but here's the thing. You do a lot of shit. I hope I can curse. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. yes. She's like, you do a lot of shit. You know, music director, promotions director. You sound great on air. Like, so I want you for all of that shit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't just want you to do one thing. I'm like, oh, okay. So here I am now, MIB. And she's, she's like, okay. She hires me. Great money. This is the most money I've ever made in my life. Like, meaning like a corporate, right? Um, and it's music director, marketing director, and midday host at the beat. 
So all at the same yeah. time. Oh my God. And I'm like, oh, okay. But I was going for one job, but okay. Like I wasn't, you know, I'm just so excited to be like, you know, back on the air down there, not thinking, oh, you want me to do all this other stuff? But we're Trinidadians and that's what we do. We have nine jobs, right? <laughs> jobs. So, jobs. So I get in there and I love it. I love the opportunity to be on, you know, in, on, on the mic and in front of the camera and all of that. But I love the opportunity behind the scenes to put stuff together, plan promotions. What's the content? Oh, Beyonce's coming. Let's do something dope. Let's let's just not do caller number nine. You know what I mean? Let's do something really cool that people can you know draw in from the experience. And that's what really kind of loved me, helped me to fall in love with the the creative process too. You know how to mold and build stuff and make a mountain out of floor seats for Jay Z. Do you know what I mean? How do I stretch this contest to make it so big that everybody's tuned in at five o'clock today because Mr. Mauricio is giving away floor seats for Jay Z? That type of thing. Yes. So yeah, but the gem was, so she, t- so years later, she goes, yo, I want to tell you something. She I goes, like Mara. Yeah. Where's she at? Where's she at? <laughs> Mara Melendez from Hoboken, New Wait, York. Wait, Mara, Mara? Mara. Uh, Mara, I like she's Mara. She's amazing. She's really good people. Yeah, shout out Mara. So Mara Mara would tell, she told me behind the scenes over, you know, many a drinks, much, much years later, she goes, I wish I could have told you. I wanted so bad for you to ask for more money. But she didn't ask me and I couldn't, I didn't know you and I couldn't tell you because I was in your, you know, I was going to be your boss. Like, you know, this is the amount that's on the paper, but ask me for more. And I couldn't. And she, and I didn't because I was so excited. First of all, my mother was like, oh my God, <laughs> how much money? Oh my God, this is amazing. I don't have to work anymore. You could pay my mortgage. You know? <laughs> so I wasn't thinking about all of the work, about being at work until nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night sometimes because it was so much work and about the fact that was it at six years in later, was it really, was I being paid my worth? But because I was so excited about the gig, I just took it. You know what I'm saying? And you were literally doing like three jobs. Three jobs at 26. You could have asked for more. I could have asked for six figures. It wasn't six figures. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And she would have given it to me had I, because here's the thing, this is the nugget, this is the VJ gem. The gem is, make sure you're asking for what you really want so that when all of this pomp and circumstance and all of the fabulous concerts and all the amazing artist meet and greets go away and you're just behind the scenes like grinding, doing the work, you can say, you know, but that's okay because I know I'm getting what what I deserve and what I'm worth. You know what I'm saying? So that's the gem, like, Think about what it is that you really want. Think about what that, that dollar sign is in your head. Add tax because they're going to always say, well, we can't give you this, but we'll give you this. And add a bonus structure in there. Well, if I make this, if, if my ratings are this high this quarter, how about we talk about a $5,000 a $5, bonus? And then if I get this mark, let's talk $10,000 and we'll go, why what? Vanessa, relax. Like $10,000? Like, you know, you're just a black woman in radio. Like, relax. You know, first of all, we don't get paid. We only get We're paid already six. at the low end. But we also don't ask for what we want. Yes. I still struggle with That's it. That's true. That's I still true. struggle with it, but I have gotten better. Yes. I have gotten better, Gabby. I would, I would be, you would be very proud of me. I'm very proud of you. And I'm getting inspired because yeah. I think we all, we all really like suffer from this. Yeah. Like thing it's of not nerd, wanting to yeah. ask. It's not wanting to ask and then also feeling like there's no way that they're really going to give me that. And then also feeling like, which is the biggest thing, 
no, but I really am worth it. Exactly. And so now with this whole voiceover world and learning what the big boys get paid, mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a minute, but you want me for this? And this excludes me from doing anything else in New York mm-hmm. or Philly? Already cutting my money, right? Yeah. So no, this it's, you know, $1,000 a month or whatever it is. You know what I mean? So Okay. So you work off retainers? I work off contract retainers. Okay. <clears throat> um, I so now transitioning into VO. Very, well, yeah, let's yeah. transition into the fact that then yeah. you left corporate. So I left corporate, same thing happened. I leave corporate because they call me into the office and say, hey, V. Oh, okay, wait, before I tell you that. So they were very hush-hush at the time. Let's keep it real. And I was on the inside, but not too much on the inside because um, they were being kind of shady about how everything was going down. I hope they're listening too because they need to know that they did me wrong. This is feedback. Yeah, but it's all good. So what happened was, I'm doing my music logs on a Thursday. I remember the record was on Alicia Keys. Jamming away. (laughs) Baby Sam from RCA sends me the album and she's like, yo, what do you think is hot? And that's the thing, like, people used to always hit me and go, yo, can you listen to this album and tell me what you think should be the first single? You know, I have a very good ear. I'll give myself that. And I'd be like, yo, that's great, but that record. I told her the same thing about Miguel. I'm like, I love Pineapple Skies, but can we talk about Come Through and Chill with J. Cole and Salam Remy? That's the record. So that's a, that was the second single. Not because of me, but I was just like, y'all are bugging if you don't drop the right record, the second single. You know what I mean? So they were, they, they were already feeling that too, but I got that a lot from lots of different record labels. I, I, went, I was very early on a lot of stuff. Because I didn't want to wait because I was like, what is Doc going to do, you know? And so I got, people got very familiar with me, like, breaking stuff along with the DJs in the market. Not just me, but I, I, you know, DJ Epps, what do you think about this? And he'd be like, that's fire. You know what I mean? That type of thing. And we'd break music together, which was that, the beauty and the excitement of it all. Yes, post, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. For me, that was really exciting. But the gem was May 2010. They go, hey, Vanessa, we want to call you into the, oh, no. So they're all in the Bahamas, Okay. They're in the Bahamas. I'm here because I don't get to go to the Bahamas. And I'm working on music logs, and they don't know that I love salsa. And I know all these salsa records. And I go, wait a minute. I'm scheduling my music logs. It's supposed to be Alicia Keys and Jamie Foxx, blame it on the alcohol. Da, da, da. And I see Mark Anthony in my log. And I'm like, contra la corriente. Mm. And I see Gilberto Santa Rosa in my log. And I'm like, you're like, what's going on here? In my log. Format like, is changing. They don't know that I know. Yeah. They weren't smart enough to not cross-link whatever. And I'm on the back end looking and I'm like, this is strange. So I email Doc and I go, okay, something's going on. Whether you can tell me or not, something's going on. Because like, I'm totally scheduling salsa records. And I can do that. Yeah. But you got to let me know what's up. Yeah. So we used to have a code, Prince Marky D and I. And I would say PMD. If one day comes that, this is like really like the rawest truth ever. I don't think I've ever said this like, on, like audibly. If the, if the day ever comes that something's not right, I don't ever want, because I was his boss at the time. So I was like, I don't ever want it to be. And we would see other people that got like just shafted and they never got to keep their work. All those amazing interviews they did, you know. So I, I said, I'm just going to give you the cue. Tony Morales and I, who you know as well, right? My, my engineer. From, from Hispanicize? Okay. I, think, I feel like you have, but anyway. So Tony and I w- w- were talking, and he would be, he's crazy. He's Puerto Rican. He's from La Pella. So he's like, yo! He'd walk into, he's that guy. He would walk into the, to the building and be like, yo, something ain't right. I don't know what's going on, but something ain't right. So V, like, he would tell me, like, we should all back up our, our stuff because the server's acting up. That was our code. 
Mm, so like, I told the whole staff. I love it. Everyone's looking out for each other. Yeah. <laughs> like, yo, the server's acting up. You should back up your work today just in case. Yeah. Right? So we couldn't really say, look, something's going down. But just to back, like, you imagine you, you interview, like, have an amazing interview. I had an amazing interview with Ryan Leslie. And at that time, I was uh. digging on his album, right? And Jamie Foxx. And, you know, and imagine all. Th- That's potentially for your real, for your future. And those things happen literally from all one day to another. Exactly. So you have no time no to react. No warning. Right. right. So as, the, as their mentor, as their boss, as much as I could, I let them know. I gave them some warning. By the Friday, it had come. They had called me in on the Thursday and was like, hey, V, we're going to flip tomorrow at noon. And no warning. It happens like that? Like, like boom, that. We're flipping. We're, boom. We're, we're going to flip tomorrow at noon. I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm thinking the whole time, I get to still keep my job. And they're like, so you let us know there's an opportunity in San Francisco? And I'm thinking, oh, you mean me too? <laughs> I get to go too. Or if you want to, you know, consider other options in other markets, we want to make sure and take care of you. But a lot of the staff is going to get laid off. Wow. Devastated. And this is with my VP of operations. And I'm like, really? Like, and I, and I just remember like the week before, uh, the reason I knew something was coming down and I also was not going to be a part of this transition. I'll never forget. This is another amazing gem. That, and I'm not going to name names, but another format, um, who's the operations manager for the whole building at Clear Channel, iHeart, he brought me in and he was like, hey, Vanessa, you know, we think you're doing an amazing job. Like, you're so great, you know, at what you do. So I'm going to have this guy come down um, from Minneapolis or Indianapolis. um, And we just want you to work with him, you know, and you guys are going to like work side by side. Right. So like basically mentor him. No, no, wait, like, uh, no, I, was he taking? No, no, no. wait. So okay. he was like, you're going to work. Side, you know, he's from a rock station, never programmed urban. He's like, you know, I just want you to like work with him and show him the ropes down here and train him. And I was like, wait, wait. So wait, you want me to train? And he goes, yeah, like, so eventually maybe he could be PD of the station. I go of the urban station. Like, right from rock. You want me to train my boss? And I was like, this isn't what, this isn't what I had in mind. So I emailed Doc Winter and I'm like, this is going down. I know you're in the Bahamas. Something ain't right. And I'm letting you know. That's her up. typing, by the way, on her computer. It's me typing. <laughs> like, nah, nah, nah. So Doc responds, obviously in his corporate role, couldn't say too much, but was like, you know, we'll talk. And just kind of gave me the heads up, V, this is what's going down. To this day, just, it was very shy see how it went down. Often things like that are. I was in my feelings about one half, like you want to stunt on me and tell me to train this guy who just because he's the token black guy who happens to love rock music and knows nothing about hip hop. You think because he's brown, he could now come into Miami and be the program director on the hip hop station and you want me to train him? No. So what did you do? I just didn't. (laughs) I was like, I said, this isn't going to work. The way that you came about this is wrong and his energy is wrong and this isn't going to work. So the the station flips. He stays, of course, because that's what they brought him down to do. But he doesn't stay long because he doesn't know what he's doing. So he that's his fate was, you know, already his fate. Written. Right. But Vanessa, at 28 years old, at this point, 30 years old, 31 um, you know, went through all those emotions with just a few people in my corner that were like, V, breathe. Shit like this happens all the time. You're going to get over it. Don't worry about it. And I was like, yo, but I'm so in my feelings about how the way this went down. I gave so much of my time. I was married. I gave my marriage to this because I would be at the office till 9, 10 o'clock at night. Wow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
don't, I mean, I was married to a Puerto Rican. It wasn't that simple. It was very layered, very complicated. But still, it's very hard for women in power positions to date Latin men. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. They have they, an issue. They have an issue. Yeah. They're super, you know, especially like, babe, I can't talk right now. Jamie Foxx is in the studio. What? I can't talk. T.I. is in the studio. Jeremiah. And then you would see these pictures of like, you know, like super. So anyway, it didn't work out. Yeah. Issues. Uh-huh. So the gem is hurry up and get over things quickly. Hmm. That's a good and one. And I'll tell you why. Because I was, so I just told you about that entire backstory, right? About that transition. But I was in my feelings for about six months for it. You know, like resentful, resentful, hurt and disappointed because I put so much time in myself, my time, my efforts, my creativity, my energy to this company that now is my client with 25 stations that I work with, iHeart stations in. We transitioned because I didn't go like black women crazy on their ass and like, you know, protest outside the building, which I thought about doing. I protested at the last station like we did a full on protest, me and through the play and like four other people on the block. Nobody else came. Anyway, but I say that to say, Tedra Moses and I were talking, and also Juliet Jones from Warner Brothers, who I tell her this all the time. So all this happens, and Juliet calls me, and I'm in my mom's bed, like, watching the view, like, sulking, super upset. This is a really tragic thing. I'm 31. I don't have a lot of people in my industry to bounce off of, because everybody's kind of worried now. Are there going to be layoffs in my market? That's it. So Juliet Jones calls me. She's one of the first people to call me. And she's VP of Urban at, at Warner. She's managing, you know, amazing artists. Cardi B is her, you know, is her artist. A lot of amazing artists. Meek Mill. So she's like, V, I want to let you know that you're always going to be in demand because you're really talented. And you're incredibly, you're incredibly talented at what you do. So you'll always be sought after. So it's the summer, V. It's about to be the summer. Take a vacation and go to Paris, bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? She was like, bitch, you be, you be forever working. You be emailing me at 10 o'clock at night. Take a vacation. Paris is always a good idea. Right. <laughs> yeah. I didn't go to Paris, but the lesson always stuck with me. So now we're on Instagram and I'm like, girl, Paris. Hashtag yeah. Paris. Uh, but how beautiful to yeah. have that, that person. That yeah. person that yeah. she lifts she, your spirit. Yeah. And, and told me basically like, look, work is always going to be there if we're great, right? At what we do. But, like, it's very important to make sure that we have that balance. And I think that's, to get over things quickly. I know that hurt is going to come. That's the phase of life. People are going to disappoint you. Yeah. And I have gotten disappointed over and over and over because I feel like, here I am talking to you. This is who I am. And if we're having a genuine conversation, this is who I am. I'm not going to turn around and be a completely different person. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, you're keeping it real. Keeping it real. So, it, so transparency scares people sometimes and they're like, eh, you know, I don't know if that was the, the real Vanessa. And so they do stuff to disappoint you because they're not that real. And so, uh, you know, you get disappointed and people I find want, that a lot. Sometimes. Yeah. Especially in our business. Yes, right. A hundred percent. So I've just learned to like, let the chips come and fall where they may and brush my shoulders off a bit and not take things so personal and take stock in the people that treat you well and are good to you, but don't stress over the ones that don't, cause it's still a lesson. And and two, I've even, this is a lot of layers of an onion here. A lot of layers being pulled back. So I also, too, have come into this new Vanessa where I'm also, I'm also going through a lot of empathy right now where let's say Gabby and I have a falling out, not because of anything personal. Maybe we did business together and it just didn't work out, but I didn't like the way she handled something. I need to talk to her about it and not just be in my feelings because I'm holding that stress in my body. I need to release that. And also, I need to realize that Gabby's human. 
So the Gabby that I encountered then may have been going through things. And now the Gabby two years later, when I bump into her wherever, wherever, I still need to embrace her. I think as women too, as Latina, definitely as Caribbean, black, whatever, we tend to, we don't mean it, but we do hold grudges, even if we say we don't. We do hold grudges and we do go, oh, you know, she, you know, she, she tripped up a couple times. Like I keep, and I am that person. I'll keep my distance. I wish you well, but I keep my distance. And so there's a couple people I feel like I have written off in the music industry because of that situation. But I still run into them at Publix and go, hey, and they're taking it back because I've moved on. Right. I forgave the situation. I forgave myself for um, being in that, in, that, in that rut for six months where I felt like I could have been rocking and moving and doing other things. And also I, I, I learned to have a little bit more empathy for the fact that maybe they weren't that they hadn't grown as much as I expected them to. Because I do hold people to a high standard because that's what I hold to myself. And you can't always, right? I know. But I totally understand that because I, I have been there. Uh-huh. But that's a great advice. Some, some mm-hmm. great advice. Just moving on. Yeah. Holding on to the feeling for a little bit, but just letting it like, go. Like, have your moment. Yeah. Go to Paris. <laughs> yes, that's key. <laughs> right? Or somewhere else that you... And totally disconnect for two weeks and come back refreshed. That travel will have helped you. Yeah, yeah Gain, you don't block yourself. Get, get new perspective. Yeah. Reflection will have helped you. Maybe talking to somebody at a bar that you've never seen before that's just like, you know, but you didn't think about this. And that's, I, that's what I love about creating content and going and experiencing things all over the world now. Because now I get to talk to people and I'm like, you're blowing my world right now because you just opened me up to a totally different way of thinking. You know? And it's hard right now in this political climate. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But I still try to like go, really, okay, help me understand. Walk me through why you think the way that you do. How has radio as your backbone impacted your professional journey? I mean, really, as I just laid out, it really has taught me to, as a radio slash media personality and just being in entertainment and media as a whole. And I mean, now jumping into docu-filming and, and, and creating content you know, for a docu-series I'm working on, like the film industry and entertainment I heard is even more fickle. I just went to L.A. for the United States of Women and I was talking to a lot of people out there and they're like, yeah, L.A., like people don't rock here like together like you think they do. And I'm like, really? I'm like, but look, Insecure, Issa, everybody, you know what I mean? She like brought all her friends and they were like, there's only one Issa out of like the millions of people that work out here. So I think that I think the lesson is, is that like find your tribe and rock hard with them and um, and give of yourself to a limit and set your boundaries and expectations too. But don't let yourself be so cold because people fuck with you and people just... Because people will always... Not only will they do fucked up shit, but I just went on a... Okay, I went on a press trip and I, I would consider the person a friend of me. They're cool, but I noticed last year when I went on to a, the Essence Music Festival that they were mad shady. And I'm thinking in my mind, like, you're being mad shady and I don't even care about you like that. You're being mad shady. And I get to go back to my 900 square foot apartment overlooking the beach, drinking my damn whispering angel rosé, minding my business and being perfectly fine in my yoga pants, listening to, you know, SZA. I'm just saying, like, I just feel like... Yeah. I feel like people, especially in this industry, big themselves up a lot and they lack a lot of humility, but that's okay. You don't lack humility. No, I don't. You I, don't, I you don't lack gratitude, you know, because it, it, yeah. it's, it's a hard balance to be an, uh, have that tough shell on the outside, but still don't let the world make you cold, yeah. especially in entertainment. 
Yeah, because I think people see it as a weakness. Like yeah. if you're like human and nice and cool, like absolutely. Like I, yeah, I, but I don't know any other way to be. Like that's just me. Like if I don't like you, I'm not gonna talk to you. Yeah. I do it very cordially, yeah. but I'm not really going to entertain you. Right. But right. I'm not. I'm not gonna be like oh rude and like no uh, you no. Know. So. Okay, Romy and I had a breakthrough because I love her tenacity. And I told her, I'm like, girl, you and I are like, you and I are like, uh, what's it? Oil and water. I saw her recently at a premiere. And I go, but I'll never deny your incredible hustle and your work ethic. And she's like, yeah, because we had a moment at Hispanicized Girl. And I'm like, you are being real extra with me right now. And I'm just trying to get this dressing room cleaned. And she was like, I don't care if you're trying to get the dressing room cleaned. She could tell you. And um, (laughs) we're going to ask her. (laughs) But like... Full circle, a year later, I see her in an event and I'm like, yeah, but I, I really like her. Even though like we had a cuss out, I kind of like her. So I was like, hey, how are you? And it, I realized she could either be like, or she could be like, and she was. She was like, be, you know. She's I'm, honest and truthful. She and she's a great person. She is. She's an you amazing person. You just have person. to get to know her. And, and she, I'm glad you had that But oh, she's super fuerte. Don't get it twisted. She is. But she was me, Right. It, you know, in my corporate world, and I know I could see so much of myself in her, and I just want to like hug her and say, "Be fuerte," but you don't have to be fuerte like with everybody. You know what I mean? But I feel like I I totally get her. I could go have a cocktail with her now, and we had a cuss out last week last year. I mean, it's production, so I realized that world too. Like, you can't take it personal at all. She's just trying to she's just trying to do what she got to do for her client at all. She didn't have to cuss me out, but she's trying to do Romy. <laughs> but we got through you, it. Mommy. We got yeah. She's amazing, but I I really admire that. Like you see her though, and she really puts the work in. Like nobody could question her work ethic, her tenacity. Yeah, she has great yep. clientele. Yep, and she earns it. She has earned it. But you have to tell all of our listeners yes. that after your great journey in corporate America yeah. and radio, then you decided to go and just flourish on your own. It's been eight years now, right? Girl, eight years this May. And you... Oh, wow. How did that even come about? Like, how did you... You created your own did. empire. I did. I think there, it's, the, it's the Trinidadian woman in me, you know? Like, we just are... Trinidadians are a special breed of people. We really are. People say we're the happiest people on earth because of soca music and our culture. And we're like, no, go drink some rum. Don't worry. You solve all your problems. You know, (laughs) drink some rum. You know, da, da, da. But no, just, I just really feel like it's, you know, when you come from the islands to the U.S., and I'm sure you can attest to, right? If you if you weren't born here specifically, though, if you came from the Caribbean, there's a special mofongo in the Caribbean. Like, we have an amazing mix of tenacity, um, grit, gumption like my parents just like came here we lived in a one-bedroom apartment together like no just a studio no bedroom like the couch was the bed but I didn't know any better and I like those were amazing years living you know in Margate (laughs) you know what I'm saying so I uh yes you lived in Margate (laughs) I lived in neighbors Alex and Vanessa I lived in I lived in they they call it the projects of Margate Casa Serena that's why I I lived like Oh, so I don't remember. Of Southgate. Oh but God. again, like, I just really, like, my parents were so excited about coming up here. My mom used to be, um, she used to fix airplane cockpits. And my dad was a mechanic. And so that's why I, I came into my love for fixing cars. And my dad would say, listen, you know, I only have, I only, at that time, I only have one girl child. You need to learn how to fix a tire. <laughs> so, you know, he showed me, her accent. he showed me how to fix tires and just show me how to do the basics. You know, I, I remember him flying. I mean, sorry, my, I had a Nissan, 
and it didn't, it, I don't know what happened. I way too much partying at Florida State and it didn't work. And I'm like, dad, my car doesn't work. So he drove from here to Tallahassee. And do you know that he turned my car on in three minutes and he was like, never again. No. <laughs> yeah. Seven hour drive. And he was like, and that's when he was like, you need to learn how to do the basics. Your yeah. dad went all the way over there to find oh, yeah. God did the that's same thing dad. for me in Gainesville. Oh, When gosh. my car would break down, he would drive up and fix it for me. Fix it. Yeah, he Instead of me. calling the <laughs> so yeah, adorable. I know. That's dad, my dad. To the rescue. That's Francis. But yeah, no. So, um, so, you know, with regards to that, the transition for me, I think, as a Trinidadian, as a Caribbean person, when you come here, right? It's different than if you're here. Like, my sister is first-generation American Trini, right? Caribbean-American. born in Margate. Different world for her. Ten years younger than me. We're suburbs girls, that type of thing. But I had a little bit more, um, you know, like, roots in me because I had a little bit more struggle as my parents were just trying to figure it out, too. And my mom was experiencing all that sexism in the airline industry and all that and making, like, crazy no money and all that. But she would always tell me, you know... Um, we're Caribbean women. We're Trinidadian women. We figure it out. Girls Gone Boss. That concludes part one of our interview with Vanessa James. Stay tuned for part two next Thursday. Make sure you follow us at Girls Gone Boss on all social media platforms. And be sure to subscribe, review, and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hosted by Alex, Denise, and Gabby. Oh, yeah. I love you guys.